This is Underground Opera. Welcome back, Wax. Hey, thanks, Rob. Really appreciate you having me, buddy. <laughs> so, I haven't said the name of the album yet out of fear of mispronouncing it. <laughs> you, well, new... let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, you're the uh, you're not the only one. Um, and it was kind of fun. Whenever I picked it, I was uh, I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be a rough one. But I kind of liked it because it made it kind of unique. You know, the the goal is like to make something that's really super memorable. And I said, uh, let me see if I can pick something that kind of sums up the way I feel about the record. And when I landed on this particular word, and I'll say it in a second, I thought, ooh, people are going to struggle with that. And that gave me this weird little sense of satisfaction. I don't know what it, why, why I felt that way, but uh, in any case, that's where it is. You know, I, when I played it for, uh, played the record for other people, and then I was telling them about the title, they all, their nose is all kind of wrinkled up a little bit. And then when I explained it, they're like, yeah, I could see that. That sort of fits you. So the record is called Psychata Mimetic. And uh, there you go. <laughs> well, you kind of make things hard to spell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's kind of my brand, right? Mobocracy was one. And then Psychata Mimetic is this one. I did go easy on you guys in the middle. I called one of the records Blunt. So everybody should be able to... It wasn't deliberate to screw with people, frankly. Um, you know, the arty farty uh, version of it is uh, I was looking for one word that kind of summed up the way I was feeling about it. And by definition, I've known this word for a while, and uh, it's not like a big part of my lexicon, but basically it, it means something that induces a sort of a psychotic reaction to stuff, sort of a psychedelic psychotic reaction. It's a medical term. And I landed on it, and I thought, wow. And that really buzzed in my head when I was putting the record together. It kind of felt like that's what it wanted to be, so here we are. Yeah. I mean, when I first put this on, I didn't even think it was you. I thought, is this a, is this a compilation or a split? <laughs> <laughs> you, went, you went kind of a few different directions from what, what I previously heard, you know. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I was, it wasn't real deliberate to screw with people. Uh, I'm kind of following it more than I am leading it anywhere. And, uh, you know, the songs on Mobocracy wanted to be heavy, sort of classic rock influenced stuff, all heavy and stuff that we were familiar with that, you know, I grew up listening to, you know, the Boston, the Aerosmith, the British heavy metal stuff, Zeppelin, that kind of stuff. And, uh, this one wanted to be a little trippier, a little more psychedelic. I didn't do it deliberately. I was just kind of following it where it wanted to go. And um, and I kind of like this notion that, yeah, it doesn't really sound like the other stuff. It, you know, we all love ACDC, and boy, I don't want them doing anything different. But then I also like stuff like, you know, Neil Young and Bob Dylan and the Beatles and uh, the Beach Boys, that kind of stuff. They mixed up. Queen did that a lot. So the heavier side of it, I kind of liked it. It felt right to me. So uh, I think I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> no, I, I, it's good. Like Jeremy Hillary, I was, I was that was the one I was like, does that even sound? I thought I did. I thought you sent me maybe sent me a compilation album, which is cool. I like comp albums. <laughs> like, like I literally, I, if I could just release singles and get them on comp albums, that's what I would do instead of put like always putting out a full length album or EP. But this is a full length album. What's got what eight songs, nine songs? Oh, uh, let's see. I think it's got seven. Um, yeah, I think there's seven on this one. And 
you know, those days of uh, of double albums, I think, are over for most of us. And yeah, and the, the the business is, um, you know, doing. I ha- I wrote about my my a little more than a dozen, and I weeded it down. So there was a whole batch of them that I had, and um, even at seven, it felt a little bit. Well, that's probably as many as I want to put on. You know, I could certainly make a full length album, but it just didn't make sense given where I am in the food chain and how people consume music and. You know, I could have put a dozen on a CD. We're thinking of maybe possibly doing some vinyl later on. So that was another thing that was on my mind is, boy, could I do more songs and they'd all make the vinyl? Probably not. I'll be lucky if we can get all these on vinyl. Well, you got 22 minutes aside on vinyl. <laughs> yep, yep. So uh, we, we'll, be, we'll be good and um, if we go that way. And right now we're just doing streaming and, and CD for right now and see how it goes. You know, vinyl is just tough to get. That's really the problem. Yeah, I mean, there's only a few – there's only so many companies making vinyl. Of course, Walmart's got their big-ass hands in there. Vinyl, yeah. you know. And not that I don't like Walmart. I, I, I – it's right by my house, so I, I, I go there quite a bit. <laughs> I think it's right by everybody's house, man. <laughs> Walmart's everywhere. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate what they're doing. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, the main thing was, you know, I kind of know where I am and what I'm doing and the audience I'm trying to uh, trying to talk to. And, and I, I think that uh, so far, so good. The record's, well, the record's not been released yet. So you and I are talking here. It's the 22nd of, of August. So the record's going to be dropped on uh, September 8th by my record company, Electric Talent Records. Oh, so we've got one single out now, which is called Pillars of Creation in a video. And um, oh, I didn't then, see that. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a video out for that. If you get a chance, check it out. And you can find any of that stuff at any of my socials. And you know, uh, best place to go is Linktree slash Wax. Sorry, let me say that again. Linktree slash Wax Mechanics. It's all there. And uh, don't you love League Three? I do. <laughs> I love oh it. man, you know <laughs> it makes things so much easier these yeah. days. Anybody that I want to find, I look on League Three. There they are. Everybody that's anybody's got one. Mm. So it's like having a Facebook page or an Instagram, you know. Account. Oh yeah, you gotta and have it. It kind of eliminates paying for a website and stuff. Now you yeah. can just you can just use a free a Wix site or you know. Yeah. Or webs.com or whatever and put it in your link tree just put website and then they can just go <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I do <laughs> and, and and you know that's what's great about now is anybody that wants to take a swing at this uh, you know obviously you have to have your chops together uh, it, it really is a great equalizer you, you know there are no gatekeepers anymore you know, those of us that aren't Metallica and Taylor Swift you know we're all on the same page I think we're all on the same level playing field so I kind of like it uh, in general, it's been a good experience, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot for giving me a listen right. and putting me in front of your audience, too. Well, Pillar of Creation, that's not a cover, is it? Uh, Pillars of Creation. Well, the whole record is, well, it's kind of split. The short answer to your question is, it is partially a cover. So if you take a close listen to it, there is a famous uh, tune that I retooled and uh, souped it up. So I took this really uh, familiar tune and I kind of stripped it down and I put new lyrics to it and completely uh, reformatted the instrumentation. I'm going to let you guys dig into it and tell me what you think. Once you hear it, I think you'll understand why I'm talking about it like this. It was a lot of fun. You know, 
I write oh, yeah. all kinds of original stuff, and um, there's about half originals and half quasi-covers on this record. Actually, there are three quasi-covers and four original tunes on it, to be honest yeah. with you. So, Pillars of Creation, listen to it when you get a chance, and then tell me what you think. Oh, it's good. it really showcases your skills as a vocalist. That, oh, that I song, that, that song really, really... It's the, it, it stuck out. Your, your vocal stuck out really well to me, anyway. You know, music music is subjective. So to me, it that's the one I was kind of whoa. There, there's wax. Well, the one I said, the one I said, there, oh, there's wax. This other was was called Once Upon a Lie. Oh yeah, Once Upon a Lie was that's a that's a you know I was trying to change up the vocal a little bit uh, simply because I was usually doing a lot of heavy duty howling and screaming in my higher registers and. This one wanted to be a little more Bowie-esque. You know, I took it down in some of that lower Rob Halford range. I'm a big fan of Rob, and whenever he gets low, that was inspiring me. So I was kind of channeling Rob and uh, David Bowie when I was doing it. But Once Upon a Lie is a really fun tune that I put together. That's an original one. That's not a cover. Right. Is, is there a story behind that song? <clears throat> oh, yeah, sure. It just, well, it, long and the short of it is, uh, you know, basically uh, it, it's it's – me uh, sort of ruminating on how folks like to uh, uh, deal in these self-inflicted wounds just to see how they feel. So if you take a listen to the lyric, that's basically what it's about. Um, you know, as, in general, we got lots of folks out there that are doing things that aren't really good for them and uh, just to see what uh, see what it feels like. So, Doc, it hurts when I do this. Uh, Doc says, stop doing that. And they're like, nah, I just want to see what happens at the end. <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> a little bit of a twist on the nursery rhyme too, you know. Instead of once upon a time, um, I, I decided to go with uh, a little darker edge to to, to the idea of uh, uh, yeah of, of the self-inflicted wounds. I think is what it was. So, what about key to the end of the world? Oh my! Well, that was. You know, I've been rooming anybody that's a boomer has been, you know, marinating in that uh, cold, cold War and post-Cold War nightmare scenario for forever. That famous movie that's out now called Oppenheimer, have you heard about that? About the yeah, I've heard of bomb it. Development? Yeah, I've yeah. heard about it. I've just, I didn't know it was about that. i just uh, seen people posting about it. Go, 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 go see Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, Oppenheimer, it's, it's uh, you know, I... By uh, by education, I'm an engineer, so I knew all about the, the Manhattan Project and the development of the nuclear nuclear bomb and to end World War II. And also, um, you know, being a part of the baby boom generation, uh, we were all, you know, that whole, you know, duck and cover thing and the Russians are the enemy. So I had a dream one time about somebody gave me the nuclear football. And I'm like, but wait, I'm not your guy for this. <laughs> somebody, please take this off my hands. I don't want this responsibility. So that's basically what it's about, and uh, you know, uh, at least at least 50 years of uh, being subjected to the Cold War uh, scare stuff uh, finally did come out in, in song. And uh, I threw a little Oppenheimer in there. Uh, the song was written long before I knew the movie was coming out, so it was just coincidence. It's a lot of fun though. So there, you know, it, it was a bit of a takeoff of uh, two two other songs that kind of influenced me. You remember Ozzy and Crazy Train, right? Everybody yeah. knows Crazy Train. So yeah. if you read those lyrics, uh, Bob Daisley, who wrote that, basically said it's uh, it's about uh, uh, pushing back against this notion of nuclear war. You know, um, 
heirs of the Cold War is what we've become, is one of the lines in Crazy Train. And there's another song by the dude Sting, who's uh, was the basis of the police. Yeah. And he did a song on one of his solo albums called The Russians. So that song's kind of been written before, but this is my way of doing it. So it was a little bit of Neil Young and Bob Dylan in there and uh, lots of Crazy Train and uh, a little bit of Sting. And I had this crazy dream one time and couldn't get it out of my head that somebody said, hey, man, you're in charge of the nuclear weapons of the U.S. now. I'm like, wait a second. This is not anything that I'm capable of. It's way above my pay grade. So uh, it's a little bit of that. So everybody that thinks about this subject, I think, can put themselves into that situation. So it was my way of uh, just writing uh, my crazy train or my song called Russian. I called it Key to the End of the World. You mean Ozzy didn't write Crazy Train? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, well, Ozzy was known for, I'm a huge Ozzy Osbourne fan. Uh, uh, frankly, uh, I'm more of a Randy Rhodes fan. Randy was the guitar. And, uh, then I'm Ozzy. But yeah, the, it's my understanding, uh, that, um, Bob Daisley, who's the bassist, uh, at the time, when they did those first two albums, they did Blizzard of Oz and Diver of a Madman. So Bob Daisley was the primary songwriter with Randy Rhodes. Now, obviously, Ozzy was in there writing the vocal melodies, and Lee Kerslake, who was the drummer, helped out a bit as well. So, uh, and the songwriting credits are all over the albums, but it's well known that Daisley wrote all those lyrics. Pretty much. I'm sure there are bits and pieces there that other guys helped with, but you know, you've been in bands before, you know how that works out. Well, I won't go into because I don't know if it's true or not, but I've always kind of heard that if you play with Ozzy, you sign him, you, you list him as a writer, whether he writes or not. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and, and I think that was, I've read uh, Daisley's book, If It's To Be Believed, you know, it, it also taken with a grain of salt because it's from one guy's perspective. But I think it's well known that, yeah, Ozzy basically said, uh, uh, if you want to be, and Ozzy was a huge star at the time, you know, had a lot yeah. of uh, power. And he basically said, if you want to be on my records, here's the deal. Uh, either take it or leave it. And it was a good deal for Bob Daisley, from what I understand. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? What do you do? Not play with Ozzy? No, you do what he says. <laughs> exactly. And Daisley's the main part of Daisley's career, even though he played in Rainbow, I think, and uh, Widowmaker and some other things. He's mostly known as, uh, you know, part of the Blizzard of Oz and writing for and with Ozzy Osbourne and Randy Rhodes. So well, I thought Rudy Sarzo was the bass player. Well, the long and the short of it is, it's my understanding here. I'm pretty sure of this is that. Uh, the first two albums, it was Ozzy, Randy Rhodes, Bob Daisley on bass, and Lee Kerslake. So they recorded those first two albums. So they recorded Blizzard of Oz, went on a short European tour, came back, recorded Diary of a Madman, and then right before the record was finished, meaning mixed, they, uh, the Daisley and Kerslake were fired. And that's the, when Ozzy then hired Rudy Sarzo on bass and Tommy Aldridge on drums, and then they came to the U.S. So, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm really fascinated by that kind of thing. Man. I'm a big fan of, of Ozzy for his first two records. So. So, who, all, who all was playing? Uh, did, did you play guitar on this album? Yeah, I played. Okay. Yeah. Basically, it was me. Um, I had two other guitar, three other guitar players. So I played, uh, I didn't play any electric this time. I played mostly acoustic. Uh, so the acoustic parts are pretty much me. Um, there's a guy, uh, he's a really good friend of mine who's on my other record. Uh, my go-to guy, his name is Tom Altman. And Tom 
is a guitarist and bassist on a handful of the tunes. And uh, Tom's a great guy. I've known Tom for 30 years, and that guy's just amazing. He's about my age. We've kind of grown up and we're marinated in the same sort of stuff, so he pretty much knows what I want to do before I do it and before I even know I'm trying to do it. So Tom's all over the record. And then uh, there's a there's a band, uh, sort of a dirty groove rock band from uh, my neck of the woods. They're called Crowbot. And there's a guitarist. His name's Chris Bishop. And Bishop is amazing, and he's all over my records too. So it's me, Tom Altman, and Bishop. Now, one guest appearance by a new buddy of mine on um, Once Upon a Lie is a fellow by the name of Kenny Rosario Pugh. Kenny's my buddy from uh, Philadelphia, and he's a bit of a session musician, so Kenny and I have been meaning to work together for a while. So all that really cool staccato stuff, that's, that's or arpeggiated stuff that's on Once Upon a Lie, that's Kenny. And um, me and Tom are in the background slamming along, too. And Tom mostly plays bass, and uh, the rest of us were hacking away on guitars. I did some drums on some of the songs as well. Played harmonica on one of them. There's a song, Two Left Feet, that's on the record. And it's got a bit of a Jack White kind of white stripes thing going on. And uh, there's some harmonica on it. So I played some harp on that, too. And uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. And backing vocals, I got a bunch of guys. And one particular gal who's a good friend of mine, too, that are helping me on it. So it's me, uh, Electric, who's my producer. Uh, there's a dude who's a lead vocalist for this band, Crobot. His name is Brandon Yeagley. Dude is amazing. And, uh, he's my buddy and he's been on all my records. He's doing backing vocals. Uh, also another friend of mine named Mason is doing backing vocals as well. So we like to get our Queen and our Beach Boys and our Beatles on when we can. And then, um, to keep us all sane and in line, uh, there's, uh, one of our friends, uh, Marissa Wolner to add that nice little female touch to it. So you'll hear her on there quite a bit too. Uh, so we're all in there doing a great job I just surrounded myself with a lot of really good talented people like I did on the last couple of records if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing so yeah uh, and they all love the same kind of thing that I do a lot of them come from different places too which is good I mostly come from hard rock and um, you know the real heavy stuff and then uh, Mason comes from this urban sort of pop uh, R&B kind of place Marissa is, uh, she's a, a, a trained actress and, you know, does, uh, theater. So, and Brandon is just all balls to the wall, heavy rock, Chris Cornell kind of stuff with Robert Plant thrown in there and a little bit of Ronnie James Dio. So really, really good stuff. All right, man. The album's coming out September 8th. Is it? That's correct, right? September 8th. It's called, let's say it one more time with you. Yeah, love. Say, it. say it one more time yeah. before we wrap it up. Psychotomimetic. And uh, it's out on on Electric Talon Records, so go ahead and grab it. We're in Philly, and uh, most important thing is I want to tell you, Rob, I I really appreciate you having me, brother. Uh, I really can't overstate how much I appreciate what you do, and not just for me, but for other folks like me. So thanks so much. That is all our time we have for now. Thank you for listening to Undergroundopolis. Remember, we do this every Wednesday night, bringing you new and exciting artists every week. Be sure to hit up their websites and social media and stream or download their music. If you like this show, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, any streaming platform, and leave us a review as well. I'm your host, Rob Lyon, signing off.